Welcome to Citadel Church Sermon of the Week. Citadel Church is here to connect you to God and to develop you for influence. For more information about Citadel Church, you can visit www.citadelchurch.com. Here's the latest sermon by Pastor Tracy Armstrong. We're in a series called The Blessed Life. The Blessed Life. How many of you want to live the blessed life? How many of you believe that God has a life that is a life of blessing for you? A life of increase and favor and grace for you? And and one of the things that we're going to deal with today, we touched on it last week, first fruits. Uh, Today we're going to talk a little bit more about tithing. Someone say tithing. I want to I want to take the dirty word out of out of tithing. The t- people are uh, uh, they 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 have this idea that first of all tithing starts uh, in the law. Tithing was a product of the law. I want you to understand that tithing was not a product of the law. Tithing started before the law. You saw literally the first probably first uh, thing that would lean towards tithing, which would be uh, Genesis one eleven. Then you can go to Genesis 2, 15, when it talks about the, the, the not touching of the tree. That there's all these trees you can eat, but this one tree don't eat. Leaving something separated from your touch. It's important that we know that God doesn't tell us to abstain from it for the sake of abstinence, but he wants us to abstain from it for the sake of honoring. For the sake of honoring. Tithing is not a law. Tithing is a life. Tithing is life. Tithing is what releases life. And that's why he said, don't touch it because the sustenance of your life is going to come here again. It's going to come from this again. If you consume everything, how are you going to sow? If you eat everything, how are you going to plant again? It's not a, it's not a mindset of someone who wants to build a city, someone who wants to build a community. If you want to build a city, you want to build a community, you have to know that there's more. Tithing is not rules. Tithing is not a part of a life of rules. It's under, you have to understand that tithing activates rights. So tithing is rights, not rules. So if you know that when you tithe, there are rights associated to it. The instance I want to start with today is, is, is a beautiful story in Genesis chapter 28. Genesis chapter 28, we know the story. Uh, Jacob is on the run. Jacob is running, and as he's running, he finds himself sleepy, and he falls asleep uh, under, this, under this place that we later, it's called Luzba, this place that later becomes the, called Bethel, which means the house of God. And he falls asleep there, and as he's asleep, God comes to him in a dream and speaks to him. Some amazing promises, we're not going to read them all, but I would encourage you to go back and hear what God said to him. Actually, we will read some of them. Let's read it, because it's important. I want you to see this. In the verse 13 It says, and behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, the God of Isaac and the land in which you, which you now lie in, I will give to you and your descendants. Verse 14, also your descendants shall be, someone say shall be. Now this is what promise, this is the promises that are kicking in. Your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth. This is the promise now is going to be associated to tithing. I want you to know that if you, if you are a tither, this promise is activated in your life. This becomes a right for your life that your descendants would grow, that it would, they would increase, and that you would not have any problem with your children taking over the earth. <laughs> and you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and the south, and in you and in your seed all the families of the earth shall be blessed. That means that as a tither, the right for me is to declare that my family is a blessing to the earth. My family is going to bring blessing, is going to walk in blessing, is going to manifest blessing because we are tithers. You're going to see the association to tithing in a moment, but I want you to see the promises. He says, in all the seeds, of all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Behold, I am with you. I am with you. And he says, and I will keep you. Someone saying, I will keep you. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go. Someone say, that's a promise. promise. Now declare, that's my right. That's my right. You have to know your rights. You have to know your rights. And if you know your rights, you'll declare. If the enemy comes and he tries to keep you from going and God saying, God's not going to be with you wherever you go, you have to know your rights. He says, I will be with you. 
and will keep you wherever you go and bring you back to this land for I will not leave you until I have done. Someone say done. Until it's finished. Till he's completed. How many of you know that that's a right? It's important that you know your rights. Until I have finished, until I've completed, I will not leave you until I've done what I've spoken to you. Now this right is now being declared in a dream. This is being declared in a dream. And and the next thing you know, Jacob wakes up and he says, wow, this is an amazing place. I, I love it because he says, this is an amazing place. He starts to associate the blessing to a place. This is an amazing place, this, this lust. It's an amazing place that the windows of heaven are open over it, that the gates of heaven are here, that God himself is speaking here. What an awesome place. And then he turns around and he grabs what he had as a pillow, which is a rock. All he had, he's on the run. He left his family inheritance back behind him. And he goes, he's on the run. He has nothing. And he literally has a rock. And he takes this and says, God, all I have is my future. Do you know if you're a tither, this connects you to a future? He says, all I have is my future. And he takes that rock and he puts it up as a pillar. Someone say pillar. You know, pillar is something that is stable, steady, and unmovable. This will be steady, stable, and unmovable. This is never going to move. And he takes it and he anoints that unmovable place. Puts oil on it. He says, now watch, listen to the next level of the blessing. I want you to see this. It's a beautiful thing. He says here, this awesome place. We're going to jump down to, let's go down to verse 19. And he, and he called the name of that place Bethel. Someone say the house of God. But the name of the city had been Luz previously. Then Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me. Now, this is what I want you to see. That tithing doesn't come preceding the blessing. The blessing comes and then tithing is a response. We often think that tithing is the thing that's going to make me blessed, but tithing is a response to the blessed life. If God's prospering, if you, God's giving you businesses, if God's increasing you to tithe means I am believing that these rights will continue and continue to go on. He says, this will be, this is then Jacob made a vow. This is the promise. If God will be with me. This is the promise he's making. God, if you're with me and keep me in this way that I'm going, give me bread to eat, clothing to put on so that I come back to my father's house in peace. Then the Lord shall be my God. I'm not promising you're my God unless you take care of me. Oh, you guys are getting quiet on this because I know we're thinking, well, Shouldn't we just say it? But he's saying this is the promise. This is the vow that's connected to the promise that was connected in the dream. God, if you're really saying this and you are who you say you are, you'll take care of me. What's the first thing he says? You'll take care of me. Then you will be my God. I'll make you my God. If you keep me in this way that I'm going, bring me back here safely. Don't let any enemies kill me. Don't let anything destroy me. Don't let anything stop my passion and my pathway. If you bring me back here, then he says, then and if you give me bread to eat, be my provider. Feed me. Come on, somebody, get happy about this. Feed me, God. If you feed me, because right now all I have is a rock. And I took the best that I have. All I have is a rock, and I'm going to tithe this rock to you. But feed me. God's, God has to take care of you. That's a bold thing to say, huh? God has to take care of you. But if he takes care of you, you have a responsibility to keep this vow. He says, and then the Lord shall be my God. If you bring me back to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. It's important that you see this, that God has set up this, this relationship with Jacob. But it didn't start with Jacob. It started started with Abraham. And what we see here is the same thing that was promised to Abraham. He's pulling on and saying, God, this is what you've done for my father. This is what you've done for my grandfather. I want it also happening in my life because right now I've left everything. Just the same way my, my grandfather left everything. 
He didn't learn tithing until he left everything. Till you had nothing to lose. That's when Abraham learned tithing. And Jacob had nothing to lose. That's when he learned tithing. Maybe some of us need to learn to tithe when we have nothing to lose. So that when we gain everything, we're not afraid to tithe. It was, it was the, the foundation of his success, Abraham's success, was that when he, he bumped up against nothing, he was told, leave everything and I'll take care of you. You'll be, I'll be your God, Abraham, and your, father, your family shall be a blessing. Here's Jacob in the same thing, almost a reset of the family. Running from, from problems at home. And he finds himself in this circumstance where he's there in the same place, same exact place that his grandfather made the promise. Same exact place that God said, go away from here. And he comes into this territory. And when, when Abraham came, it was a famine when he showed up. And he finds himself in that same place. And all of a sudden the heavens open and, and the blessing of the Lord says, I'm with you. When you thought you were running on your own, come on, somebody, I'm with you. When you thought no one was with you, I'm with you. When you thought your family turned against you, I'm with you. When you thought no one else loved you, I'm with you. And if you have me, I'll take your rock. Whatever you have, bring me what you have because I want to bless you. Abraham finds himself in this circumstance where God says, go to this place. And he, he, he goes to this place and he establishes an altar and he begins to build his family and he be, begins to do this amazing, amazing thing before tithing. But he already has this, this spirit of generosity in his life. He's, always, he's already a contributor to the community. And he finds that his, his, his nephew gets taken, Lot, he gets taken and, and there is, he needs to go and rescue his family. And he goes and rescues and he fights these five kings, these kings that have been fighting each other. They have not been able to destroy each other at all. But he goes with his 300 people and 300 men and he destroys these kingdoms. How do you destroy kingdoms with 300? The blessing. So he comes back and he has this caravan of goods. And he's, as he's on his way back, he runs across a gentleman by the name of Melchizedek. Melchizedek is the high priest of, of Jerusalem. And, and it says as, as, as Abraham is on his way, he finds Abraham and he says, hey, he, brings, he brings wine and he brings bread out to Abraham. I want you to see this. This is a beautiful story. He brings wine and he, bread, and he, he goes, he says, I want to bless you, Abraham. And so he pronounces a blessing. I want to read that blessing in a moment. You ready? We're going to read it. But he pronounces a blessing. He says, bless be Abraham. Bless be Abraham. He's now releasing this blessing on Abraham. And this, this release of blessing on Abraham says, then he said, bless be Abraham of God most high, possessor of heaven and earth. And bless be God most high who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And he gave them he gave him the tithe of all. He never asked for the tithe. Melchizedek didn't say, I'm going to bless you and you give me a tithe. The blessing always precedes. He didn't say, bless me and I'll tithe. The blessing comes and you say, I recognize this moment. This is a moment with God. This is a moment with God and I'm not going to miss this moment. And he responds to the blessing by tithing. Come on, church. He responds to the blessing, but you have to know that the rights for your life to be increased comes along and associated with your tithe. When God blesses you, you respond and say, here's, here's a tithe. Here's 10. Tithe is 10% of what income I have. Whatever comes into my hands, it's 10%. Seems like today's an all-day 10%er, but that's okay because it's, it's good for us to learn the principles of your rights. The principles of your rights. It's interesting because this, was, this became a family trait from this moment on. Isaac. How many of you know Isaac, the son of Abraham, carries it on? Jewish writing says this, that Isaac was so meticulous in his, in his keeping calculation that if he... 
if he, if he had any growth, he would write it down, track it and keep it till the time that he can give it. This was before first fruits. First fruits came in Exodus. He's holding it. He's keeping it until he shows up to Jerusalem. Doesn't spend it. As we'll see later, he doesn't go to Jerusalem for years. Because he ran from family. He's holding it. And the Bible says in, in response to him being so meticulous in his, his keeping track of his tithing. The Bible says he began to prosper. Prospered and became very. I think I'm boring you for some reason. This is amazing. This is amazing to me. He became very prosperous. It's prosperity for all of us. God wants us to prosper. God wants us to grow. God wants us to increase. God doesn't want us to go backwards. God wants you to live the life that he's planned for you. The big life, the exciting life, the amazing life. And our response to that life is, yes, God, we believe it came from you. I didn't do it on my own. I didn't do it in my own power. I didn't do it in my own might. It was you that blessed me. It was you that blessed me. And based upon that blessing, I remember sitting, I wanted to get a little tiny, little, when I was growing up, my grandmother would give me a dollar. She'd wake me up in church. (laughs) Just during tithing time. And she'd give me a dollar and she said, go down there and give into that church. It was funny. I would walk down there and they would take the steeple off of this little church and I'd have to put my dollar in there. And I always remembered, I associate that giving. She said, that's your tithe. That's your tithe. My grandmother worked three jobs to help our family, to turn our family around. My grandfather was not saved, was not born again. We would, we would get in the car, my grandmother, and we'd get in the car and we would go to, we'd go to a house. We'd pull up in front of the house. My grandmother, she's a tither. She knew the anointing and the blessing on her life. She'd go into the house and I'm like, what are we doing here? She goes, your grandfather's in there gambling away all of his paycheck. She'd go walking into this house, and I know that was not a safe house. She'd come out with a fistful of money. How many many of you know you can only do that when you know? When you know the blessing is on your life. When you, she she said, I have to pay bills. He's going to go ahead and drink this away. I want you to know the hand of God was on my grandmother and my, 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 my uncles, they all prospered. Everybody prospered in the house because my grandmother was a tither. Because my grandmother made me tithe. Every time I walk in, she'd ask me two things. She'd say, Tracy, are you keeping the Sabbath? She was seven-day Adventist. Are you keeping the Sabbath? I'm like, well, Sunday's Sabbath. Number two, she'd say, are you tithing? I'm like, yes, I'm tithing. Well, before I got saved, I wasn't tithing. I was eating up all my seed. But when I got saved, I started tithing. I started tithing. I started giving every week, taking 10% out of whatever I had and start. And what God is doing in my life. And people say, what are you doing? Who are you, you prosperity preacher? Yeah, I believe that God wants to bless me. I believe it because his word tells me he wants to bless me. And I believe that if I tithe, he will continue to bless me and he will open up the windows of heaven over my life. I believe it. I remember when I first got saved and I started tithing and I, and I remember saying, to someone who was very prosperous. I said, you know, I'm tithing, but it seems like everything's still going down for me. Everything's still kind of rocking and rolling and things aren't turning around as quickly as I thought they should turn around. And, 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 he, and he said to me, Tracy, keep on sowing that seed because your old harvest is coming up and, at the, and there's a point where that the harvest is gonna die out. Where that harvest is going to die out. Hold on. Don't give up your tithing because you feel a tense, a tense moment when you're transitioning to becoming a tither. Well, it got tight the moment I started tithing. Yes, it does. Because the enemy wants you to go back to what you used to be. But if you realize you can't go back to what you used to be because you know what you used to be and where it got you. It didn't get me anywhere. I came to the Lord because I needed some help. 
Why do I want to go back to living like I don't have him? He gave me that job at Ivers, I tithed. Gave me that job at Kenny's Shoe Store, I tithed. Come on now. Then the next thing you know, I ran into a car. I went to a, a car place, like a, a car lot, and they, they, they needed someone to detail cars. So I started detailing their cars and started my first business, an auto detailer. And then I got more auto, auto, auto more, more sales lots. Every time they bring in a dirty old trade-in, they call me up. I'm like, here you go. I scrub that thing, make it look beautiful. Buff it out. Oop, oh, that little too close. But you know. I tried, my thing was to try to make it look beautiful because I wanted more and God increased me in business. And he increased me, increased me, and increased me, and increased me in business. Then one day he says, I don't want you working in business. I want you going to ministry. And I had to go through that. I had to go through this. What do you mean? I, I want to be in business. I don't want to. I want to go to Hollywood and be in business. I don't want to do this. Preachers are broke. That's what I told them. I said, preachers are broke. They don't dress nice. And they drive busted up cars. Then he started teaching me that that's not the right of a tither to be broke. Come on, somebody, the right of a tither is not, is not that you're broke. The right of a tither is that you're blessed. And he started teaching me about my tithing rights. The rights that belong to me as a tither. If, I'm, if he's blessing me and I'm reciprocating back to him, then I can keep on pulling on that blessing until I increase and I become very prosperous. We're not done. Oh, my goodness, we're not done. I mean, people are like, no, we're not done. If you're offended already, you're really not going to like me now. When I say, how you like me now? Preacher spending all that money. Listen, I am not anticipating to make a lot of money from you. I'm believing that as I tithe, the blessing comes upon me. Another book comes to me. Another thing makes me come and land on my feet. Everything that the enemy means for evil turns out for the good for a tither. We got to put our eyes on this next scripture, Malachi chapter 3. Let's look at this scripture, verse 6. We got to put our eyes on I, I wanted to just share this and preach this, but you have to see it because the scripture. It says, for I am the Lord, I do not change. Say, I do not change. I do not change. I am the Lord, I don't change. I'm not changing. I'm not thinking about changing. I'm the same. I'm good, so I don't have to change. You only change when you know you can get better. If he's good and he can't get better, he has no reason to change. I am the Lord, and I'm not thinking about changing. He even says in the New Testament, I'm not changing. I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now watch this. He says, therefore, you are not destroyed or consumed. Now, what what is he associating that statement? I'm the Lord. I don't change. Therefore, you are not destroyed or consumed. Oh, what? Why is he associating this, what he's about to say to Jacob? Because Jacob was the one that took this past the law. Took this outside of the law. The tithing was not associated to the law. It was associated to Jacob. Now watch. I, I made a promise to Jacob. That's why you're not dead. Oh, come on, somebody. I made a promise to Jacob. That's why, that's why you're not dead. That's why when the enemies come in from all sides, they can't destroy you. That's why no matter what weapon formed against you can't kill you. That's why every time you think you're about to die from hunger, I'm providing for you because Jacob did something. How come it didn't say, oh, sons of Abraham or oh, sons of Isaac? I'm telling you, it went to a place where Jacob now establishes it as a part of the house of God. 
is now part of the house of God. Abraham didn't establish it as something that was in the heavens and the heavens being open. Abraham didn't establish it as a part of the house of God. Jacob did. Jacob said, this is the open heaven. This is where God's glory is. This is where God's heavens are open. This is where I'm planting the house of God. Over every house of God, there's an open heaven. And there's an anointing there that will bring me in and bring me to my next level. I am going to associate to Jacob and not to Allah. I am going to pull on the tither's rights so I can live the life that God has intended for me. Too much yelling, all the little kids got to go, sorry. I yelled all the people. He says, oh, sons of Jacob, you are descendants of Jacob. He's saying here, I'm not looking at you as descendants of Abraham or else you would be consumed. But I have a vow to bring Jacob back. Someone say back. So even if you go away from tithing, he is consumed with bringing you back. He will work on you, blessing you, loving you, increasing you until you return to me, he says. In which way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings, the Bible says. And he says, return to me. He says, return to me. Someone say return. Now look what it says in verse 10. It says, bring all the tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Going back to Jacob again. Jacob made a promise. The tithe is going to feed your house, God. The tithe is for feeding your house. The church goes and grows to the level of your growth. If Jacob doesn't grow, the house doesn't grow. If you don't prosper, the church doesn't prosper. People say, well, that's a prosperous church. No, it's not. It's a prosperous people in the church. If you don't have promotions, the church doesn't get promotions. If you don't have more income, the church doesn't get more income. It doesn't. No matter how many businesses we want to start as a, as a church to help our community, it's not for the sake of funding. The funding still has to come through you because that's the promise of Jacob. But we do want to create jobs in our city. And we do want to start businesses in our city. But the prosperity has to come through you. That means God has to bless you if he wants to bless a house. He says, I, it was coming. That fruit was looking good though. If I will not open, if I will not open, if I will not open, if I will not open for you, I want you to see this. He says that there may be food in my house. Try me. Now, why don't, you, why don't you put this to the test? I mean, God is bold. He's big. He should ask you to test him in everything. He doesn't say, hey, lay hands on the sick, test me. Does he? He doesn't say, hey, hey, you know what? I want you, I want you to, I want you to uh, go say forgiveness, ask forgiveness from that person, test me and watch, me, watch it work. But what he does say, tithe to test me. Test me with the tithe. You want to see my faithfulness? Test me. You want to see me be good to you? Test me. You think you're blessed now? Test me. See, it's not about getting blessed. It's about watching how much the increase comes. Because if you don't tithe, you can stay steady and you'll grow the same as any ordinary individual. But when you test him, he'll kick you into an opportunity that was not for you. Because you didn't have the qualifications for it. You didn't have the skills for it. Come on, you didn't have the abilities for it. I, I hear some come ons around here because I know some of these voices, they didn't, have, they didn't have the opportunity. They didn't have everything, the criteria for the opportunities that are coming their way. But I'm telling you, God is looking to set up a people who know that they don't belong where they're going. Mm. 
don't belong there, but I'm going. I know I don't belong here, but I'm going. I know I don't belong in that, but I'm going. Who are you? You, you, who do you, who are you trying to fly that jet? Well, I don't know, but I'm going. Who are you riding in that Bentley? I don't know, but I'm going. I may not do, I may not be what people think I should be, but I'm telling you, he loves me. Does he love you? He loves us. And all we have to do is try him. Someone say, try him. Try him in this. He says, in, he says, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there is not room enough, not room enough. Listen, I don't know very many Christians that are in the not room enough. I've not found any Christians and believers that are at the bank saying, hey, don't send us any more money. We don't have enough room in the bank to handle your cash. Don't, don't do it anymore. Stop it. We are going to have to start another bank for all your money. I'm like, come on then. Citadel Credit Union. Now listen. Someone say room enough. God wants you to be so blessed that you're expecting the, to not have room enough. To not have room enough. We're talking about tithers rights here. To not have room enough. And I will rebuke the devourer. This is the going back to, this is why you're not destroyed, O sons of Jacob. Because I'm constantly telling the one that wants to get you, get out of here. You don't have to rebuke the devourer. Your tithe does. I rebuke you, devourer, for my finances. It will never work. You need to tithe. And when you tithe, the Lord comes down and says, get away from them. I would much rather him say, get away from them. And he says, I will rebuke the devourer. Not that you're going to rebuke the devourer. I will. You tithe. That's all you do. You're in covenant with me. I'm going to fight for you. You're the sons of Jacob. You're not devoured. Oh, I'm having fun. So that he's going to rebuke the devourer for your sake so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground. That means your harvest, that means your children, that means your life, your body, whatever fruit that comes in your life. You will not cast your fruit. You will not, you will not lose your harvest. You will not cast your fruit. You will not, your, your, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field. Thank you. There was a story by Mark Barkley. You guys ever heard of Mark Barkley? He's a preacher. Mark Barkley told this story and he shared. It was a powerful story. Uh, on the way, it was tragic. They, he finds that his grandchild drowned in the pool. I mean, dead, drowned in the pool. The father, his, father, his son-in-law calls him up and says, we're going to see this child raised from the dead. And this is, what he, this is what he said in his response. He says, I know my rights, I'm a tither. And he says, I am going to call upon the tither's rights. And if we can put that scripture back up there, I'm going to call upon the tither's rights and I'm going to declare that nothing can devour. Come on, look at it, it says, it says, nor shall your... So that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in its field. He pulled on the tithers right and says, I know my rights. And he called upon the name of the Lord. And by the tithers rights, that child woke from the dead and lives. Lives today, healthy, no brain damage, no issues. Lives today, calling upon the tither's rights. I'm telling you, if you are tither, you know your rights. The devil cannot come near my house. He cannot come near my finances. He cannot take my body. He cannot take my life. He can't do it. I'm a tither and I'm pulling on my rights. I'm holding on to the God that is blessing me. The God that has promised to take care of me. Wow. I feel like a shouting preacher today. He says, I'm, 
I want you to, to get this. Now, this is an amazing thought process that I saw in the book, The Blessed Life, that, that God is asking. He's like the, the man that goes away and he has three servants and he says, listen, I'm going to give you I'm going to give you a certain amount of money. I'm going to give you $10,000 every month. But all I I want you to do is while I'm away, I want you to take care of my wife. I want you to take care of my wife. And all I want you to do is take 10% of what I give you. So I'm going to give you $10,000 a month. You take the nine, do whatever you want with it. Just give my wife the $1,000. As you give her the $1,000, I will sin again the next month. And I will continue to sin and continue to sin just take the 10%, just take that $1,000 out, out of the 10 and, and you can live off of that. One says, yes, I'll do it. I'm going to do it. And he, he does it. He's faithful. You guys know the story. The next takes and, and, and takes a portion, is faithful with that. Then there's the next that says, well, I, I, didn't want, I just want to keep it all for, and I, and I hit it and I dug. How many of you know after a while, this gentleman's going to call and say, listen, my wife is not being taken care of. I thought that was gripping. My wife has not been taken care of. I'm blessing you to take care of her. I'm blessing you to take care of my wife, my house. Take care of my house and you'll continue to be blessed. But if I can't get it through you, I've got to find someone else to get it through. He comes back. Then we know the story. He comes back and says, you weren't faithful. So I'm taking from you, you wicked. And slothful servant. And I'm going to give to the one that's faithful because I have one goal, to feed my wife. I thought that was powerful because I want to feed his wife. And I want, I don't, I, I'm excited about the 9,000, but can you imagine being the person that's taking care of the wife? That she never lacks because you're taking care of her. I want us to know that God's plan and strategy for us is that his wife is taken care of, that she's always blessed, she's always increased, that she's never alone. He's away but he wants to take care of his wife. I want us to put up this last scripture as we, we begin to close here. I want us to look, look at this in, in Genesis 32. And I want, I want you to read this because this is extremely powerful. And then I'm gonna read some statistics to you. Actually, no, go to Hebrews. You're right, go to Hebrews. Hebrews, thank you, Kim, seven. It says, and he, here mortal men receive tithes. Someone say here on earth. This is New Testament. So you guys know that there's New Testament tithing. (laughs) There's a lot more, but this one I thought was the most effective. And so I wanted to slip this in here. Mortal men receive tithes, but there in heaven, Jesus himself receives them. That, that, that just every week I bring my tithe or every time I bring my tithe, every other week is how I get paid. Every other week I bring my tithe. I give my tithe. It goes through me. It goes through the church and it ends up in the hands of Jesus in heaven. (laughs) Well, I'm not tithing. He don't care about tithing. How come it says here he receives them? In this scripture, he says he receives them in heaven for you right now. That means he's the high priest. If you don't tithe to him, he's not a high priest because the high priest is coming out to declare what? Blessed be you. That's what Melchizedek did. Now you well, I'm not under that law. I want you to get this right because I want you to really understand. Are you sure you don't want to be under it? Because I can tell you why you're not under it. But if you, if you just like, I'm not going to do it no matter what you say, then welcome to a life without rights. But if I, I, I want to tell you this because as you follow it along, it says, He's, we're we're tithing to Jesus who is in the order of Melchizedek, not the Levitical order. He's not under the Levitical order. Levitical order were those that delivered the law. 
So he's not in the order of Levitical priests. He's in the order of Melchizedek. And he's still functioning in the order of Melchizedek. As the first part of Hebrews 7 says this, that that anointing of Melchizedek is the king of righteousness and the king of peace. We all want him to be the king of our righteousness, the king of our peace, but we don't want him to be our priest, Melchizedek. When you give tithe, you don't give it to me. You give it to the priest that is priesting in heaven. Oh, I want him to just pray on the right hand. You know what the pray on the right hand for you is the intercession? That's him priesting. That's him priesting. That's him being a priest on your behalf in the order of Melchizedek, not in the Levitical order. The Levitical order is gone. It's now still a priestly order of Melchizedek, which is the order that he is high priest of. Wow, we got quiet here. I didn't want to go into teaching, but there we are. Of whom it is witnessed that he lives. So if you don't give him the tithe, you're not witnessing and confirming his his being alive. Well, I love him, but you don't believe he's alive. Because if you believed he was alive, you would make him and honor him as a priest because a priest collects the tithe. Wow. All right, let's go to this, this next verse. Then Jacob is going, and this is when, this was an interesting story because the Lord tells him, I want you to go back to Jerusalem now. I want you to go back. And so he has tons of goods. Can you imagine years and years of collecting tithes? He's going back. He's got tons of goods. But I want you to see this. He's going back and he has to be, he's going to be confronted with his brother Esau. How many remember the story? He believes that Esau is going to kill him. And he comes to this place and he said, he, re, he reverts, he repeats to God the promise that they made on the way. He says, oh God of my father, Abraham and the God of Isaac, my father, Isaac, the Lord who said to me, return to your country and to your family and I will deal well with you. I am not worthy of the least of all the mercies and of all the truth, which you have shown your servant. Now watch this. This is what I wanted you to see. For I crossed over this Jordan with, a, with my staff. The only thing he had coming this way across was a staff. But he says, now I've become two companies. Do you want to, did you not see the tithing in, the, in between the lines there? You may be here today and all you have is a staff. All you have is a rock. You don't have anything. There's a there's an article that I read this week, and it says, um, "Is tithing for only the rich?" And then they they went through and they they shared why they thought tithing was only the only rich people tithe. They 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 shared why they thought only rich people tithe, and 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 this is a couple of thoughts that I want I want to read here if you don't mind. It says um, just. Less than 10% of the church tithes. I'll give you a more exact number in a moment. $50 billion is given with less than 10% of the church tithe. $50 billion is given every year to the church abroad, United States. Can you imagine how much would come to the church if everybody tithed? 10 million people tithe. That sounds like a lot of people. That's out of 135 million people who attend church every week. That's not a lot of people. That's less than 10%. percent or less tithing. Now listen, this is why they thought the only rich people tithe. 40% less, rich, the people who tithe have 40% less, they are less, 40% less likely 
to owe more than $50,000. So tithers have less debt. This is according to statistics. Only half, the tithers are only half likely to be overdue. And they actually said that the, the number is actually less, more like 20% uh, likely to go over, be overdue on any of their credit cards. They pay their bills. And then twice as likely, <clears throat> sorry, tithers are twice as likely to be debt-free. The lifestyle of a tither is a lifestyle of a blessing. And I believe that the reason that they are associating it to the rich is because when you tithe, God makes you rich. And they're saying the people that tithe, these all these rich people tithe, but I don't think all these rich people were always rich. And we can say, oh, only the rich people tithe. No, 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 it didn't start, it's not... Tithing is not a system for rich people. We can see by how it started. Abram having nothing. Jacob, Isaac losing everything, right? Jacob losing everything and they all come out prosperous. None of them, none of them died without prosperity and wealth. I can go through and give you statistics on Israel I can give you statistics on tithers, but the realization there's a blessing for you. There's a blessed life for you. And I want to be able to call on the tithers rights. I want to be able to call on the tithers rights. I've used it many times when we, when we are starting in ministry. And I remember there was times where we had financial problems. We're just starting, we're working hard for the ministry. And I said, Lord, what do you, I'm, I'm rebuking the devil. I'm casting him out. And he brings me to that scripture. He says, it's not for you to rebuke the devil. N- not in that area. He says, give and write a check now. And I think we were help building, um, I think there was, a, there was a, a ministry in Africa that needed a roof for, for their church. And it wasn't even a lot of money, 600 bucks. The Lord told us to write that check. Man, I tell you what, we wrote that check. We grabbed hands and we said, in the name of Jesus. Do you know why every tithe has either oil on it or communion on it? It's because it's holy. We grabbed hands and we said, in the name of Jesus, we wrote that check. Man, the power of God came into our lives and broke off the power of the devil. We had breakthrough. I mean, revival broke out literally that next year. And that church sent us a picture with a new roof. We said, I can get a hold of this. I like this. I like this. And the next thing we were like, where else can we give, Lord? Where else can we write and send our tithes? We wanted to send it to missionaries all over. We found out that there was a couple in Denmark that was going into Romania and they were taking children who were in the Romanian orphanages. orphanages. And these children, they would, instead of having a crib, they would turn the crib upside down on them. The state ran orphanages. They would turn the cribs on top of them. And they would not allow them to be touched and they would have to stay in these cribs. And this couple was going in from Denmark, getting these children, bringing them in, and they wanted to build a home for them. We were like, we can do that. And we started sending money to, to Denmark for them to, to minister to the Romanian orphanage or orphans. And we watched these children go from, from birth. I mean, we did that for a long time. And they sent us pictures years ago of them graduating college. And we put them through college with our giving. I'm telling you, and the devil was rebuked every single time. Every single time he couldn't touch us. He couldn't touch our lives. He couldn't touch our family because we were busy tithing. And we knew our rights. Let alone the reward of seeing these children that when you first get the picture, they don't look like they're even alive. To being college graduates with with diplomas, smiling, ready to get married, and having a family. There's nothing better than the house of God. There's nothing better than the kingdom of God. There's There's no better place to put your fruit of your labor. Because lives are going to be changed. I want you to know that there's rights for you as tither. Do you believe it? 
if you would just stand with me, I don't want to overwhelm this. But I, I believe this with all my heart. I believe it with all my heart. I, I'm so convicted for it. And I believe that we as a church should be able to change that number. If this church is a church that's on the average, then we would say, that would say 10% of this church tithes. I don't want to, I don't want to see that. I don't want to believe that. I want to believe that we're blessed. And I want to believe that God is looking to be, to be better to us. Amen. I'm not going to ask you to repent. That's all up to you, but I want you to do this. I want you to do this. I want to pray two things. First of all, that, that you would know your rights. That you would declare, God, if you're my God, then bless me and I will tithe. Then number two, know your rights. If something's coming against your finances, something coming against your family, something coming against your body, you have to know your rights as a tither to know that that is off limits. And I want you to put your foot down as a tither and say, that's off limits. That is not allowed in my home. You are not able to do that. This is finished starting today. Why well, tithe? How come it's not happening to me? Because you aren't using your rights. You can be free and not stand up for it and still be bound. But if you know it's your right, it's my right to be free. It's my right to be healthy. It's my right because you're my God. Are we getting this? Is this okay? Let's, let's, let's just declare this right now. In the name of Jesus. I receive the blessing of the Lord. I receive the blessing of God. Possessor of heaven and of earth. I step in to the anointing of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I shall live and I shall be strong. I, I, I will live in a way that nothing is destroyed, that nothing is lost, that I'm an overcomer and I live in increase in Jesus' name.